Welcome back to the Scared Stiff Podcast. This is your host, Mike. This is my co-host, Scott. How you doing, buddy? All right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, would you like to introduce what movie we're talking about today? Um, yeah, we're talking about the 2010 Wolfman. This is a film I haven't seen before until my recent viewing. And this is a film Mike's known for a while. He's been asking me to see. It coincides with the whole Universal Monster theme. It's one that's based on a different decade or area than all the other ones we covered. So it'd be a good piece to put in here. And you can start it off. You've seen it before. So I saw this movie, I think, in 2011 or 2012. So not too long after it released. Um, I watched it on... uh, Netflix DVD I had it sent to me uh and when I watched it the first time I'm not gonna lie I thought it was really boring um until some of the you know more um violent parts um because I was a dumb teenager uh but for this viewing a lot changed for me um and I don't want to bury the lead. I really, really enjoyed this movie uh, a lot, actually. Uh, and I know um, this is going to be the first time that we're going to uh, disagree <laughs> on the podcast. I, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think if you change a few things, it'd be better. I think... It's very much defined by its decade coming out in 2010. And there's a there's a lot of cool things about it, but as like a full-on film, I can't ever say I'd watch it again. Like I don't think it really invests me. I think some performances are so lackluster and then other performances are pretty good, but all together I was just pretty much like just like whatever about it. Like I finished it and I'm like that's another one done. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And I really love the first Wolfman from 1940. I'm not the type of guy who watches a movie and bases everything around the previous entry of the film or the the first version because it's a new movie. It's different, and that that works to this uh, this film's benefit a lot of the time. Sometimes it takes little hints in things from the other. 1940s Wolfman and I think that kind of has more of a detriment than a help throughout the film I feel like if it was more different there they weren't names attached it'd be a better film honestly like the characters are so vastly different the fact that he is Lawrence Talbot like I don't really like that because he's so radically different but I like the character I think it's cool but there's just so many things that are so radically different. I don't understand the point of making him Lawrence Talbot. It it has, it's just a name at that point. Yeah, I can see that. I could definitely see that perspective. I didn't mind them reutilizing the, the character of Lawrence Talbot for this version. I mean, you, you know, like the, the Wolfman is my favorite universal monster film. So I, I love that movie to death. I mean, Lon Chaney Jr.'s performance is legendary. The basic setup of this movie is very similar to the the setup for the original because it, it still follows the whole idea. His brother died. He returns to to his his family home to reconnect with his father, and then you know all that stuff. And then he gets into the the whole thing. He gets he gets the curse of the werewolf, and then 
that's where where our movie is but i like the fact that it deviates it not in in yeah. not in like huge ways i mean like the character yes uh lawrence Talbot, yeah and i mean his father too obviously. i think there is huge deviations but... no but i think i think the deviations that they make are to the film's benefit for the most part not all of them yeah. this is not a perfect movie I, like i'm not gonna sit here and say it's a five out of five you know fucking masterpiece i have problems with the movie but I think a lot of the ch- the choices that they make really work for me. Um, and I think part of that also like comes down to it's directed by a class act director, uh, Joe Johnson, same guy who directed the Rocketeer and uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. He's, he's just, he's a very good director whose uh, career was sadly cut short. Uh, he retired way too early. I think he just directs the shit out of this movie. I love the way it looks. I love the way that I love the score. I mean, that's not exactly, that's not Joe Johnson's um, department, but the score for this by Danny Elfman's awesome. Probably one of Danny Elfman's best recent scores, which is a really, really beautiful film with third act problems. I don't I think, like the entire third act nearly. Yeah. I, I like all the stuff in the insane asylum and to his breakout when he gets yeah <clears throat> actually actually i don't mind a lot of the stuff at the family home at the end until the change the throwdown yeah. and i'm like yeah. ah this is a little bit of a different movie it, it changes the entire tone it's, of the it, movie yeah, it's, it's a monster it, it goes battle. from like the idea of a horror film or a psychological horror film to, to a straight up action film it's, it's a fucking i remember actually i think when i first saw the movie i was in there watching i'm like so it's a like a classy period piece horror movie with lots of gore instead of instead of the way it would be back in the day but it's a it's a classy period piece horror movie that's full of suspense and some uh really beautiful imagery and and some really scary makeup effects and all the stuff and then also we get to the the end it's a fucking wwe fucking summer slam match between fucking anthony hopkins and benicio del toro it's a little bit ridiculous part of me despite the fact that i would say from an objective point of view that doesn't work for the movie just because it's completely different from the tone of the entire movie but man the schlocky just the i just love watching it because it's so stupid but it is it is definitely a problem I would agree if it's intentionally stupid, but it's not no, I agree. intentionally stupid. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I'm, I'm... I can't understand enjoying it, though. I'm like, completely enjoying it from a... I, I don't know if I would say ironic perspective. Yeah. I don't think it's bad. It's just divorced from the same film. Yeah, that's the big problem with the film. And I could go on about the end of the film and like how it really hurts it. But just from the beginning of the film, from the, the get-go, I like the cinematography for it. I like a lot of the setting for the period pieces. My only problem is sometimes when it's shot, it's so like vibrant with some color and like it feels like they put it in black and white mode in a digital camera because it feels so fake and that takes away from it for me sometimes because I like the way it looks, but sometimes it almost feels overly edited and I don't understand why it's like that, but you mean, you mean like straight, straight up like the way that every like the shots are, are edited together? Not the way the shots are edited, just like the cinematography. Like if you were just going to put a filter over it, oh, it, it looks oh. like the, the, the filtering on it is so like glaring to me personally, because some shots don't have that. So when there are shots like that, it's like, why the fuck are you doing that? And it does feel very much like a 2010 film, like they're trying to it's understand glossy. what works. Yeah, the gloss on it, it's like... Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And it just takes me out a little bit, but it doesn't ruin the, the setting. From the get-go, I could say, I like the atmosphere 100%. And people are interacting with their set. 
It's not like Bram Stoker's Dracula where it is just in the background. Like these characters are moving, they're touching, they're they're involved with this atmosphere, which is great. The characters in general, I really wish they were better. I really wish I liked Benicio del Toro's performance a lot more because I really don't like oh, it. Oh, we're oh, uh, I love Benicio del Toro on this. I, I think, think he's, he's so lackluster. I think he's fantastic. I, I'll say it does seem sometimes like he, he he'll have some moments where he uh, he's a little bit more stoic than than maybe I I I would have thought that they would have played certain scenes. But I love he's an actor that really when you get down to it, you you really got to watch his eyes because it really really changes certain scenes for me because you can watch him thinking and you can watch him going through memories in front just in front of your eyes and i think that there's there's a there's a haunting quality to his performance that i think is really beautiful yeah i agree but he also has to talk and the talking bit is what takes me out of it oh because the dialogue is so stunting in his delivery i feel is just like really not up to par a lot of the time I think he does have a great like physical presence in the film and I do enjoy that but some of the lines he's given he doesn't feel confident in what he's giving them doesn't sound confident because it's not very good lines like the scene where they're calling his mom a whore in the the pub I feel like it should have been way more powerful with his delivery and I wasn't feeling it as much and I would have liked that scene a lot more especially because everyone in the pub's really being a piece of shit and it's like yeah, yeah. go after him but he really kind of doesn't enough and I, it is what it is I just wish I would have liked more because I love Benicio del Toro a lot yeah I, of course I wanted something more out of it and I I wasn't getting it but that's okay I don't think it's by far a bad performance I was just unimpressed for that scene specifically I am completely the opposite from you because I thought that the way he played that was really smart because it's it, it's it's an easy scene to go for the the big wide swing with your performance and I feel like it was a bit more subdued and a little bit more realistic from his perspective especially considering the way his demeanor is throughout the rest of the movie is it feels like it's more in character I feel like if he had an outburst there it would not have felt it in character to me he has an outburst at the end he says don't call my mom a whore and i really don't yeah, like that yeah, delivery a lot i love it because it, it's not it's not the way that i i would have expected it to come out but it feels a little bit more like a real person to me personally i i guess i would say if someone called my mom a whore i would probably just punch them in the face but like I, it's all about how you perceive the character to go and I just feel like with this character, I don't like the dialogue he's given in the scene very much. I don't think it's performed in a way that I find the character be, to be believable. I like the throwing the drink in the face, him just kind of getting thrown out of the bar. It's like, I'm fine with that. But with him just saying like, hey, don't call my mom a whore very after the fact. I wish when he's getting taken out of the bar, they could have had a bit more like visceral dialogue for him to deliver instead of just that, like really hit them hard or something or just attack them. I'd be fine with that. I just feel like that was very much like a, it sounded like how a frat boy gets thrown out of a bar and he's just like, hey, fuck you, dude. And I, I kind of wish it was a little more to the dialogue, but it is what it is. Teach their own. That's yes, yeah, for sure. I think actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie involving Del Toro is actually the dinner scene with him, Hopkins, and uh, Emily the first Blunt. One? Yeah. yeah, the the one where they fight and and she leaves the room. I, I love that one. I love that scene. I love the way that they play. Also, I gotta say, like ending any of the movie aside, because we we talked about Del Toro enough. Uh, any of the movie aside, I love Hopkins in this. I hate him. 
I love him. I love him. I so feel much. just He's as such bad a about him in this movie as much as I do with him as Van Helsing. Oh, I, I, I don't, really I, don't like him. I don't agree. I love him. I, I love the way that, that he he just he he's chewing scenery a little bit, but I just love the the fucking just cold, detached nature of that character and how it very clearly created the, the Lawrence Talbot that we see and how the whole movie is essentially. I mean, it's uh, it's all an allegory, at least at least from my perspective. This is just what I gleaned from it while watching it. They're using the werewolf as almost a um an allegory for the release of repressed trauma and hawkins is at the center of that and the way that he picks at talbot at lawrence where he just picks at him it makes when those scenes where he just goes so violent and over the top and attacking people i know it's it's not something that's 100 percent connected but it is something that at least thematically feels like it's a consistent idea how he's just he's so repressed with his emotions and that's another reason why a lot of the times he he appears so stoic and sometimes distant is because he's he's living in his head with the things that he's seen and he's he's learning things that he didn't know he had seen the whole movie is just him discovering his repression and hopkins i mean like without hopkins the way that hopkins performs i 100 percent believe that character arc my biggest problem with that is that he is too one-dimensional with his performance it's like i would get that from the first scene he's in it's like oh he's very stone cold or whatever i don't think there's enough difference in what he's doing throughout the entire film everything feels like he's just drawing on this one type of performance it's this one version of this and he doesn't change it very often or at all and that's my only problem with it hopkins is a very versatile actor and I feel like a lot of the films I've seen him in lately, it's just like he gives this performance where it's just one note. And I feel like it's so disappointing that he does that so clearly, like it seems. Oh, I mean, that's that, I guess that's what you what you can do when you get to, to his age and his stature. He just takes roles and does things. But I, I get it. But right or wrong. I'm not not this definitely like, not an excuse. Like, yeah, I've uh, seen Transformers thing, 5. Like, uh, look at him in um, Silence of the Lambs. It's like he's just one best reason, actor. The reason why that's so crazy it's like his delivery in a lot of scenes can be very subdued but a lot of the nuances and the changes in his delivery as the film goes on makes him more entangled it makes him more emotional which is ironic because he's such a he's so fucking like cold cold hearted and that's kind of what i would have liked more from this character but it is just the constant like cold and he makes a few snarky comments which i i like but that's really it even the way he reacts to everyone is the same way. And sometimes it's cold, like, oh, what do you understand? Like, wh- what's going on? What's he doing? And sometimes it's cold. It's like, dude, get the fuck out of here, you senile old man. What are you doing? Like, stop lingering. See, I, I love his performance, especially in the scenes when he talks about his wife, because you can see there's this this longing in his his eyes and his face because... It's because you learn later on what happened. It, it recontextualizes all of it for me. Especially the uh, the catacomb scene where he's talking to to Lawrence about how he locks himself up with the shrine of his wife and how yeah like he's a a bad dude and he killed his wife but it's not something that he took pleasure in it's just that when he became that person he just didn't stop and he he embraced the beast so like scenes where he's talking about his wife and also there's a scene earlier on maybe maybe almost midway through the movie um where he's talking to lawrence i believe it's on like in the stairway i talk about how much he loves lawrence and like i hope you believe that that i love you and and in the end he wants his son to come home but he doesn't understand what he's done to his son i mean i think that's that's kind of the thing about this that i find really 
this movie that I find really beautiful that the third act kind of betrays a little bit because of how ridiculous it gets. There is a, a genuinely smart, emotional center to this movie that I really love between those two characters. And yeah, he's not a likable person, but he's got a really, it's just a really twisted kind of parent. Just the way the relationship between them is just really twisted. I think there should be more of an emotional connection. Like, I think that the most, the movie starts off trying to have an emotional center. And as the film starts out, it does have that, but it slowly starts to decrease more and more. Like, especially after the asylum scene, I feel like the heart gets taken more out of it and it becomes more like a, he's now upgraded from bad dad to supervillain status. <laughs> it takes me a bit out of it and I would like it to be not more classic, but like to have more charm to it, to have a heart to it, to have a soul to it. And the third act does betray a lot of that. But even disregarding the third act, like a lot of the characters, like, the townspeople are just shitty to be shitty. <laughs> the, the only nice thing I like about this movie is that everyone's like, fucking werewolves. That's stupid. Who would believe that? And then they're just like, if, I don't fucking care if he, if he is a werewolf. We gotta fucking kill him. Like, they, they don't think twice. It's like, no, he's just it's like no. He could be a werewolf. Fucking get rid of him. I I do like that change. It's it's, it's kind of tough to to dispute it when he runs through the streets of London murdering people. So yeah, but the townspeople do that after he first transforms. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, like, like it's hard for anybody in the movie to, to dispute it. Like in most movies, this is just like it takes till, till the last 20 minutes of the movie for people to wake up and figure it out. Yeah, um, and this one doesn't. I like that. It's, it's early on, and he, I mean, he yeah. gets he gets caught quick. He doesn't yeah. get arrested quickly. It takes another like 20 25 minutes before he gets arrested. But they come for him after the first time that he gets. That's actually that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie too because they fucking grab him they try to take him and uh fucking anthony hopkins blows the head off a statue and the statue hits the guy in the eye <laughs> it's just like oh sorry i was aiming for your face yeah <laughs> shit's really funny one guy i like in this movie consistently every time he shows up is what do you mean? i don't want to say the, i don't want to say they call him but it's, uh, <clears throat> the assistant you know oh oh yeah why why do i remember this man's name it's like sick but sing sing yeah I really like seeing every time he's on screen, I really enjoy his performance. His, his facial emotions are so prominent. His line delivery is great. His scene with, with Lawrence is great. His scene with everybody is just awesome. You can tell he genuinely cares about Lawrence and the family. Yeah. And he's there because he cares about people. Like there's almost, there's no one there for him to wait on anymore except for his father yeah, and he's still there. Seeing clearly knows is a fucking wolf. Yes, he knows. He, although for some reason he also he doesn't know that uh, the dad has been unloading the powder from the shells. Yeah, <laughs> I guess he hasn't touched him in a long time. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was a little little bit of a goofy thing that I realized when he was like, "Yeah, I, I removed the the powder from those shells all those years ago." I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> that's that's when the third act. I was like, "Thing oh. that Singh consistently has been unloading and, and loading throughout the movie. You yeah. just happened to unload that years ago. Okay, buddy." <laughs> yeah, that was when I was like, "Okay, third act's going down a little bit here." I love the uh, speaking like the people not believing in werewolves. The asylum scene. There's 
there's I like that two scene. Things I don't. There's two different um, per- things that I want to discuss in that scene because one one thing is, is I love just the the scene where he's just he's just sitting there, he's just shouting, "I will kill all of you," and no one's believing him. They're all laughing at him, and the fucking um, doctor is talking to everybody, not paying attention because he's all up his own ass. He's he's just an arrogant prick and not listening to people telling him look behind you look behind you and he's changing into the werewolf and he just gets fucking wrecked it's thrown through a window and impaled on a fence <laughs> i gotta say for the idea of saying like oh you know a full moon's coming out and we're gonna show in front of everybody that you're not gonna transform to get rid of your delusions ideally is a smart scene it almost seems like a competent doctor all yeah. the shit he does beforehand i don't understand what fucking purpose it has besides just being torture well, that's because like, that's that's, that's you the have to assume on. you have to assume oh it's an old time fucking yeah asylum they just torture people it's like yeah but it looks like he's just they're just trying to make him cold. Like I'm not seeing any benefit besides just it's torture. I mean, I, I guess it, it, it's. I mean, I don't know the science behind it, but I'm sure it has something to do with shock. That's all. Know. That's all I can theorize. I don't. I have no idea. Um, I don't know. I don't know what mental health treatment was back in the day back back then in england so i'm actually surprised that's not as bad as i thought it would be actually i thought that they were going to go a lot worse than that but still not good but yeah no it, it, i think it is a really smart idea it, it's a believable idea that he it would is. bring him out there and and that it just happens to be he was wrong um and got wrecked for it uh but the thing about that scene that i want to talk about it it's particularly this scene because the first time he changes i don't think it looks that bad the the visual effects for the change in that scene have not aged well i mean it's yeah, it's, it's over 10 years it's over 10 years i don't know how it looked back i mean i can't remember what that looked like to me back then i i know you always told me when we were talking about the film how like they put vfx over the makeup and if you're looking at some of the makeup for the wolfman it scenes it just looks like regular makeup like it just looks really good no i'm talking about the changes just the changes then yeah and also some of the um sometimes in certain sequences the face is not makeup it's it's a cgi face for expression for greater expression sometimes Um, like i noticed that but all around it's not too glaring the actual makeup for the wolfman i think it looks fantastic yeah but the transformation scenes look fucking awful that that even the the second one i don't think the first one looks that bad the first it's one pissed me dark. off more because the first one is clearly a rip on the fact that it's American Werewolf and the angles that it's shot, the body movements that are being contorted. Like they contort his leg out like it's yeah. American Werewolf. Yeah. His leg wouldn't look like that because he's not turning into a fucking wolf. Why would they do that? Well, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're, that that's up to interpretation in this movie as how they want their Wolfman to look. I, I'm not going to pick apart that. that. I just don't like the fact a lot of that transformation scene is shot for shot very yeah. similar to american werewolf and I it kind of bugs me where it's like well he doesn't look anything like this and if you're gonna make his leg bend to be like an actual wolf it makes no sense when he stands up on two legs for a lot of the time yeah. there are times when he runs on all fours don't get me yeah. wrong but he wouldn't stand like that with those type of limbs i think it's weird it, I mean, it, it's kind of funny that they do. I, I I have a feeling this might be part of it, but the guy who did the makeup is Rick, Rick Baker. Baker. So yeah. I, it might be part of it. It's it's kind of they're trying to homage, but the problem is, is like 2010 was that time where people were. I mean, it's not the only time, but it's one of those times where they were experimenting with visual effects and seeing what they could do with them, and they just weren't there yet. I I, I think if you did a CGI wolf transformation now with with the motion capture and all the different kinds of of effects that we have now probably would have done it better but 
again, it is a 10, 11 year old movie. I'm not surprised that the CGI is aged, but I, if it were up to me and it wasn't up to me, if it were up to me and you had Rick Baker, don't make a CGI. Like he's, he's literally done inarguably the best werewolf transformation ever. I'll Just say, let him do the transformation. I'll you say pay, that, you paid $150 million for the movie. You might as well. I'll say that if you're going to do a movie and nowadays it's not realistic to have a creature that's like a werewolf completely in prosthetic or animatronic. So yeah, realistically, it's not happening. But if they did it like they did it in this movie, where most of the time when you're getting up close shots of it, it is makeup. But, you know, when it is rapid movements or whatever it's cg i would be fine with that i think that's kind of how it has to be nowadays so seeing that in this film is almost like a precursor to how i think it should go from now on it's not how i expect it to go i expect it to be full cg but i think that's how it should look most of the time i would also argue though that nowadays you're right but i would argue that 10 years ago you'd have a bigger chance of having a fully full cg no, no, 10 years ago, I think you'd have a better chance of having more of a practical wolf because it was like, the way that the, the way that visual effects have progressed since 2010 rapidly. Yeah. I, now, when it's fully CGI, I, I wouldn't be stunned. And also, yeah. it would probably look fantastic. I just so. always feel after about the mid 2000s to like 2015, it's CG was being thing. like CG has been very much like prominent do this make it cg show how how good we are with our cg or whatever nowadays i feel less like companies are trying to say look how good our cg is but make sure the cg feels authentic which is a different entire point a lot of the time cg is necessary in scenes but you never feel like someone's pointing to it being like you like that shit don't you you fucking like that shit but during those times in film it's like you you fucking you in it you i'm fuck you like that come on bro you're you fucking you got a hot on for this one man it's like dude yeah. it's a fucking computer design no i don't fucking care bro yeah i it's kind of funny because like I, I will completely concede that the werewolf, werewolf transformations have not aged well but there are some aspects like conceptually of the of the werewolf changes that i love some of some of the um the detail oriented aspects of like the way that each part of his body changes i mean it reminds me of american werewolf but they even have the the pseudo shots of him hallucinating being very close to american werewolf yeah even with the the girl he likes being assaulted by a werewolf yeah a lot of shots like that are very much heavily inspired i wouldn't say it bothers me nearly as much as like the transformation scene because it's inspired but like those are good ideas to have in a wolf film. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and also, and also the context of it's very different because yeah. he's getting a lot of these visions after he's being fucking tortured in a, an insane asylum. Um, and it is is progressively not, going not insane. Not always. Not also, all of them. But after, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of them do show up while he's he's going he's going insane at the at the at the loony bin. So those like conceptually, I, I can get behind those. Like, yeah, they are technically kind of homagey, but the context is oh, completely yeah. different, which is why it works. The asylum ones, I I feel. Like so there, there's so much of it it's so much visual style over substance where it's like a, ooh, crazy kooky it's like what the fuck i'm not even gonna be able to keep up with all this you're throwing so much shit at once like i i liked most of that the stuff that i couldn't get behind is when he and gwen gwen's there he's there and then all of a sudden the wolf man attacks it's yeah. a big jump scare moment and then there's another 
like they do two the same thing twice in a row. Yeah. It's just the 2010s, like like or or like the late 2000s into 2010s, where it's just jump scare city. Sometimes they don't. Surprisingly, there's some sequences where I was expecting jump scares that they don't do jump scares. Not at least not the way that we think of them, because we think of them with the musical stinger and all that stuff. And like the one one I think of is I think it's in the the gypsy assault scene where somebody's standing off to the side and a wolf it's just completely deadly silent and a wolf comes out of frame and tackles the person out of frame yeah there's no stinger it's just the sound of him ramming into this guy and that one really works i wish they did that more often i think the sound is good i don't like how it looks on camera though oh it shook it shook my fucking room i I think the sound the sound mixing for this movie is really good yeah i think the as soon as he gets hit it doesn't look like he got attacked by something it looked like someone threw him out of the shot like it was like a quick cut i don't i don't visually like that as much as i like the sound of it i will say the sound design for most of the film is really on point and really gets you into the film but some of the visuals just retract yeah, one of one of the things about the movie i was actually really surprised about when i first saw it because i i didn't know what i was going into when i first saw this movie was how gory this movie is and I was I was wondering how you'd feel about that as like a fan of the like the OG monster movies. I don't think it takes away anything. It's a different story. I yeah. I, I like gore in films that require it. I don't think it's necess it's a necessary thing for a lot of horror films that people seem to think. But with this type of movie, I think it feels necessary. I think the only times where things become too much is just like when it has no not narrative weight because. People getting slaughtered at the gypsy camp doesn't have narrative weight, but it, it has like a dire feel to it. It makes the event feel big, which I, I like. It, it does, adds to it. It does wind up backing up some things narratively because um they, they make a big deal about how you're saying like it was a fucking wolf or whatever. It's it's out there. And the guy uh, uh, Hugo Weaving is just like, what? There's no, there's no witnesses. I don't know what you're talking about. And he starts like saying, like, basically, I believe you're the crazy guy. That's, that's like the only thing. Like them all getting slaughtered supports that. Yeah. Um, I, I just although, mean although they general. weren't, although they weren't all slaughtered. But, but being slaughtered versus like showing all that amount of gore. Oh yeah. Showing yeah. the gore doesn't have like any narrative weight to it, but it also doesn't detract from the narrative, which is a problem. It's a bit gore of a sp- can detract from the story. This doesn't though. Yeah, it's a bit of a spectacle, but it is really showing you the viciousness of of werewolves within this this movie. Yeah, and I really like that. Like, I love the the, the original Wolfman movie with no gore. I think that it's a fantastic movie, but it's a fantastic movie for a completely different reason. And the way that they handle horror is completely different than this the way this movie does. But I I love just how vicious this movie is at times. How do you feel on the romance? I I this like whatever to you. I I like it. I it, it's not it's something fine. it's not something that um is offensive. I did I did find it especially towards the end. It really did um land for me a lot. That like towards the end where she has to kill him. I don't know if that's because of the movie itself. I got to really think about it. Where it's the movie itself, or it's that Emily Blunt is just a fantastic actress. But it worked for me. I can see why it probably wouldn't for some people. But I I did enjoy. I think they had chemistry. And I think that it's a believable romance in, in the situation that they were in. I can agree to that. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I think it is just fine. But you don't have a character to replace Lawrence Talbot's father from the original to do that. Because you don't. he doesn't have enough connection with anybody except for Emily Blunt's character. 
I don't love the romance, but it's necessary to get to that conclusion. How she kills him, I think, is fucking stupid. You don't like that she shot him with silver bullet? Is it a silver bullet, though? Yeah, they make a good point on the on the way in uh, that Hugo Weaving is loading his gun oh, with yeah, silver it's a, bullets. It's silver or whatever. Yeah. I, I just really think it that, to me, showcases how of its time period, though, like, just a, a gun close range pop-off from early, like, oh, yeah, that's the 2010 movie, all right. It almost it felt just, like they were trying to subvert expectations because they make a big deal out of the cane. Um, that I hate the cane. I fucking hate the cane so much. The only thing I like about the cane is that it leaves the idea of that maybe Hugo Weaving, because he clearly was going to turn into a werewolf, he notices that him having the cane, maybe he kills himself before it happens. That's the only idea no, no, why the, the cane at, at is the useful. End, at, the end of, at the end of the movie, somebody howls. I don't think he did. <laughs> but that's that's an assumption. That's how the film plays out. I, that's, I just, that's the way I read it. I, I personally read it. I don't know if that was the intention or not, but... yeah. He was the only person just, there that got bit. Yeah, it, so. he'd be the only other person, but Maybe I don't like his character in general. I, uh, love him. I, I really fucking hate the cane being in the movie in general. It adds to nothing, really. It, it, it's just random. Yeah, it's, it's just it's, kind of, it's that, iconography. That's what I meant earlier when I said like things from the 40s film being in here detract from it. Like the cane shouldn't have been in here. A guy randomly gives him a cane on the, the, the train ride. And I like that scene. I do. And I think it's a great scene, but it gives narrative weight to this cane that is useless in the in the film. So the narrative weight doesn't matter. And there's the scene where he pulls it out to kill his dad. And I'm like, that'd be great, but he doesn't do it. So it's not great. So you have this narrative built around this cane and the whole secret, oh, pull the sword out. It's like, oh, wait, never mind. Fuck you. That's not how it goes. And, and that's not just like, a, oh, well, you had expectations for this. If you didn't have a scene building up the cane, it wouldn't matter. Yeah. That's the problem with it. But giving the, the scene to that, giving the cane having narrative weight and it having no real utilized purpose, even Hugo Weaving takes the cane when he leaves for some reason because he can walk after having his neck gorged. He can get up, take the cane and leave, and he doesn't use it. Why is this cane so attached to everyone, but it means nothing? Yeah, that's that's the thing in the movie that specifically, like, it is there as an homage to the movie, not homage. It's just it like, was, hey, the, yeah. hey, this this was in this is in the movie that we're remaking, so we're gonna put it in here. It feels um, like such a waste of space. It's not, it's not something that like to me ruins the movie. It's it's just like it's just something that's it there. Me. It bugs yeah, me because it, if you took out the scene with the cane and. Lawrence always had it it wouldn't bug me as much yeah I think having that scene really does detract from it and it's like oh it diverts your expectations it doesn't it just wastes my time because it doesn't I don't expect him to get beat to death with a cane because this fucking movie clearly says like this this guy's really fast he's just gonna kill you if you try to beat him with a cane yeah maybe you stab him I'm sure you could do that versus, you know, beating the death. But just in general, you shouldn't put so much weight into it or, or have it be so visual in the film and then amount to nothing, really. Yeah, I get that. The only real huge deviation besides the dad, the cane. Insane Asylum. Insane Asylum. The only real Soccer big one also is that <laughs> since the dad is the original werewolf, it's not the character who was 
the gypsy's son. The gypsies also feel very much less involved and they don't really serve as a purpose as much as just being there in this film. Yeah, they're they're um a bit of an ex- exposition type uh yeah, of, and they uh, don't presence. They don't help really. They just there like all they all they do is help basically tell tell Lawrence that he's a werewolf. Yeah, and then when goes there to change. say, "Oh, I want to help him," and I don't know if that conversation led to anything because it doesn't seem like it did. Yeah, the the gypsy told her that you have to release him, and I'm sure she's like, "I'm sure you know what that means," and she's yeah. like, "I don't know if I could do that," and she's like, "You're gonna fucking have to." So. Yeah get over it okay. suck it up buttercup yeah I, that's that's one of the I, w- I wish the gypsies had a bit more of a presence i mean like te- i mean or just don't be involved in the movie they, really they, the gypsies don't need to be there they are technically important to the movie because his mom's a gypsy he has a connection to the but gypsy but people. that's not really a connection as much as like oh my mom was one there's no tied connection in the plot really yeah, because the mom isn't a character as much as just she's an idea for Lawrence, an idea for the dad. If the mother was alive and played a part, if being a gypsy played into the heritage more, I would understand. But the gypsies don't matter in this. The mom is a gypsy, but what does that narratively mean, really? Besides a bunch of assholes calling her a whore. See, that's the thing. Like, I like that this movie is different. I, I would say that it benefits from being different. I think the fact that it does try to do things that are too similar actually detract from the movie in my point of view. So you take out the gypsies, you could change who the fucking original person is, make it the dad, just just don't make it fucking Van Helsing from 2005. You could do a lot of things in it. I think they have some really cool ideas. I think some of them work, some of them don't. But all in all, I didn't hate it. I just thought small things bugged me. But I had a decent time with it. It wasn't offensive. I, I just say I wouldn't go back and watch it because there's nothing that draws me to this experience. Yeah. I, I thought things were cool. I dislike some things, but I thought other things were interesting. Yeah, I, I I really, really, really enjoy this film. I have problems with it. It's not a perfect movie uh, at all. But I was consistently engrossed in this movie from beginning to end. And even that's even with, with how cool. much I really don't like I, I, with the movie that it's in, the third act just doesn't make sense. But even then, I was just, I was so into the movie, from the tone, the ambiance of the movie. Um, I loved, like I said, I love the way that this movie looks and feels, and that's a combination of a bunch of things: cinematography, uh, set design, uh, costume design, score. Like it's just, it's, it's a really awesome movie. Like the ambiance on it is, is incredible, and it's, it's like nothing else that that Joe Johnson made. Like Joe Johnson's filmography is there's nothing like this. This is just a, a weird outlier in his filmography because I, I associate him with fun in it. As it, weird yeah, as it sounds, but a lot of his films have like a fun aspect to it. Yeah, it's like it, uh, it, you usually associate him with movies like Rocketeer, Captain America: The First Avenger. Dra- I don't like the movie, but Jurassic Park Three is still an adventure film with like you know in that regard. But like this is like gothic horror movie with a MMA SummerSlam battle at the end for weird reasons. But I, I really loved what this movie is trying to do. Um, it, it doesn't always make it to where it wants to be, but this is a movie I definitely see myself revisiting. Something, that's that, cool. something I feel like I could throw on and just, you know, enjoy. 
It's not something I, I would throw on over the original. I can't really say I agree, but I can understand it. Like, I don't love anything in it to the point of saying, like, we got to come back to it. I think the design is... See, the thing is, like, when they showcase, when he has, like, the flashbacks, or not the flashbacks, but, like, the dreams after he first gets assaulted, they show it, but it's, like, really quick cuts of the, the Wolfman design. And I yeah. hate that shit. I hate it so much. Like, just don't show it at that point. Don't show it or show, like, deformed. Like, when they show, like, the fucking Gollum kid, like, that... Oh, yeah. He, he looks like Gollum. I don't care what it says. That's fucking awesome. That design, that look, that's creepy. That's a fucking sick design. It's cool. It's cool, like, explaining how werewolves came to, to England, too. It's because it's basically this motherfucker brought them to England. And I, I think just having that is really fucking unique. It's cool, it's cool world building. He, I don't know why he looks so much like Gollum, but it's unique. And he actually reminds me of something from The Witcher. Really? Yeah, uh, the game. Oh, okay. But when you first see him and he's at the bed, it's like, that's fucking weird. That what scared the is shit that? out of me. I, I, I think about it more because it's like, is that supposed to be him as a kid deformed if he was a werewolf? Like, before they answer who that is, it, it's, it raises a lot of questions versus yeah. just like, oh, here's a quick cut of the wolfman's face. You can't really tell, but you know what it is. It's like, all right, that's stupid. That's of its time, but it's stupid. But you show that kid, it's like, I have a lot of questions right now. <laughs> and I really like that. Yeah. That, that fucking design. I like that. I like that a lot. It's yeah, so it's fucking creepy. weird. Yeah, it's creepy. You do, you make a deformed child, and I'm going to be intrigued. <laughs> nice. I'll never watch this movie over the original Wolfman. I wouldn't either. I'll watch it over American Werewolf. But uh-huh. I definitely think it was... I'm glad I saw it. I thought I had a fun time getting through it. It's a bit long. I'll say that much. I think I have the after, unrated version too, though. That's why it's longer. Is it? Is it really? Is the unrated version? Okay. It's a little bit longer. I think it was. I think it, it was originally released at like an hour and forty-five minutes or something. Oh, so it's like twenty night. more minutes then. That's like the including credits. Yeah. It's yeah. Over two hours. I think it's like two hours eight minutes or whatever. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. It's it. I, I don't know what scenes were I, cut out for theaters. I have no idea what the theatrical cut is. Absolutely mm-hmm. no idea. Um, I, the only version of it I've ever seen is the unrated version. Generally, that's what I do whenever I get a movie I haven't seen that I have multiple cuts of. If there's an unrated uh, unrated version, I mean, this is referred to as the unrated director's cut, so that's the one I gravitate towards instantly, especially if it's called the director's cut. So I have no idea what the theatrical version of this movie looks like. But apparently people didn't like it. So it's it's tomato meter score is not good. That really matters too. No, it doesn't matter, but yeah, I know. It's just interesting to look at people's perspectives. It's like this is it's rated at 34% around tomatoes. I think I mean like that's not a rating, that's a that's an aggregate, obviously. Yeah, but it's just like I feel like that's that's 34% of people don't like the movie. Yeah, like that that's 34% of them like it. Oh yeah, shit. My bad, sorry. It's like, it's like that's that to me that's like that seems super duper fucking that seems really harsh really harsh um i mean i'm not i guess i'm not surprised i mean if you in general like expect to go to ron tomatoes to see to see your favorite film or whatever a film that you like and it gets shit on it's like don't be surprised yeah i mean I, I always feel like the more unique a film is the less likely everyone is to love it but it also means that like one person's really gonna fall in love with it. Yeah, I mean, I I know I know someone who you know absolutely adores this movie um, more than I do. Good uh, for them. 
yeah. I mean, I I really really do like. I mean, he actually he actually like maybe want to revisit the film. Um, and I mean, I don't I don't agree with everything that he the, every every position that he has on it because he's this is like a masterpiece level movie to him. It's not that uh, for me. It's not that for me. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I mean, I'm just look, looking at it like not. It's like it's not like my opinion is objectively correct, but objectively removing my my experience with the movie as far as just like my emotional just the way that i took the movie in objectively the third act is a different fucking movie that's the thing like if someone said like i'm not saying this person called it a masterpiece but it's like you can't it it can't be true (laughs) like there's so many fundamental flaws and if you say like i love this movie and it's a 10 out of 10 is different than saying i think it's a masterpiece like if i said to you i think jim carries the mask is one of the most fun fucking movies I've ever seen. And every time I watch it, I have a lot of fun. I would say it's a 10 out of 10. Where I sit here and say, Jim Carrey's The Mask is a masterpiece and meant to be watched on every cinema screen around. You'd like, be correct. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be <laughs> correct, but I wish I could be. Oh, I love that like, movie's death, but yeah. No, I, I do agree. love it, but I, I feel like you can love a film and also notice its flaws. Yeah, 100%. I mean, my favorite movie of all, I mean, like, I would tell you that I would consider my favorite movie to be a 10 out of 10 movie, but I'm sure I can nitpick problems with it. Like, it's not, it's not, you can always nitpick a movie. This is not nitpicking the movie, though. This is, this is, a, this is a movie with like legitimate, like some glaring issues. Yeah. That as much as like, I can forgive them to a degree just enjoying the movie for what, like, for what it is. What, what would you call, Friday part four, final chapter. What would you give that a score of? I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, some probably, I'd probably give it like an eight. Oh, fuck, never mind. But, I, mean, I mean, like, that's that's like, it kind of defeats my... it, was like it was subjective, objective. I mean, like, like, the, like the subjectively, question, my objective subjectively. opinion, oh, subjective, subjectively, eight. Okay, objectively, probably a 6.5. Just looking at it from a perspective, 6.5? that's not bad. It's just okay. Well, six point five is like sixty five. It's like decent. I'm just looking at it from the perspective of if you, were, if you really want to evaluate the movie based off of like what it really brings to the table. As far as like, it has fun characters, but they're not characters with immense depth, and it's it's not like the it's not like it's a movie. That, I guess that pulls I would a lot agree. of twists and turns and stuff, and the script is not necessarily that intelligent. But it, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't. Yeah, matter. It, but I think that's that's the point. Like it doesn't matter. Like. We saw Mortal Kombat and like it's not these characters aren't meant to have a huge amount of depth and a huge driven narrative, but the things that it does have sometimes suck ass. Yeah. So even though it's not trying to be a lot, what it does try at sucks. So that takes me out of it more. If a film doesn't try to do that and it delivers a bare minimum and it's like, I like this, I can't get mad. Yeah. If things do a bare minimum and still fuck it up, wow, I'm angry. Yeah, for me, like in general, I would I would say it's a seven. Like if you ask me, like objectively, I'd say Friday Part Four is a seven because there's not a lot of things that can objectively take you out of it. There's not a lot of filmmaking that's genuinely bad. I'd say maybe some of the scenes in the hospital can be bland or boring, but that's the very beginning and things speed up pretty fast yeah i can't name a lot of things that would say this is a bad movie first like yeah. you could in part three like part three it's like 
there's a lot of shit that's just objectively bad. Well, I mean, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of filmmaking regard the things in there that are just not good because all the exactly. movie is, is just. But I, I can't gimmick. think of any for part part four. That's why I'm like, oh, really? Six point five? I wouldn't yeah. say it's like part four is fucking nine out of ten, bro. But yeah, I could I say mean, objectively maybe it's a nine for me. But at, you at, know. The, at the end of the day, it's like to me, like you asked me for for a number, I gave a number. Like to me, scores are <laughs> arbitrary. They're just arbitrary. Bro, you asked me for a number. At the end of the day, I can't count. What does it mean? Exactly. Like, I didn't finish fucking algebra. No, the at the end of the day, scores are arbitrary. It's all just sometimes in certain circles they're required because if you're reviewing something, you need to give it a score. Yeah. But that's that's not the whole that's not your whole opinion on something. My my perspective I was getting at more so is that I know you like par four a lot. And the reason I attack that is that. Part four is just a fun movie. Yeah, it's entertaining. Like, if you said part four to you is a 10 out of 10, you just loved it, I'd be like, that's cool. Cause I can't see any reason to really hate part four. But you could also say, I think it's a 10 out of 10, but I don't think it's a masterpiece. There are films that I think in general you could love to death and say, This is an I love this movie. It's no fucking masterpiece, but I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I put that in the category, like, if, especially like, because I, I, I log all the movies I watch on Letterboxd, and you do a, a, a star rating system there. The nice thing about the five star rating system is that you can give something Winter five Soldier. Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier's a really fun movie, but four I wouldn't call it a masterpiece. Four stars. So you give it another eight out of 10. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I, I, if you asked me a couple years ago, Biasly, I probably, probably would have given it a nine. I would agree with you. If you asked me three years ago, I'd have been like, bro, it's a six. But yeah. now I'm like, yeah, I have fun with it. There's only but, a few things that take me out of it. Any my, Marvel film that you really love, you could say, like, you could say Disney's Marvel, should I say. Any Marvel film you could really say, like, objectively, people can really be like, I love this movie to death. But if they ever called it a masterpiece to me, I might have to spit on them. Like, you know, like the nice thing about the five star rating system, I don't like the five star rating system generally, but the nice thing about it is that if you give something five stars, that's that's like a range between like, 95 and 100 so yeah. i guess i've always five... considered a star system based on personal enjoyment yeah. i just think when people call things a masterpiece is when i'm like well masterpiece that, is one of the most that's un... more of an objective term in my perspective versus a subjective term master masterpiece is like one of the most overused words in film discourse it's either yeah. a masterpiece or it's a, a complete na- um, utter dumpster fire it's one or the other and right, what's the other one is um uh not not a classic but oh, people always say it all the time like it's a it's a gonna mo- be a, a modern classic yeah yeah stuff like that modern, like, modern classic 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 in the making yeah everything's like it's 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 our new classic it's like okay i mean that's, that's, that's so that's a phrase that doesn't make sense because something can't be new and be classic but okay someone didn't finish english class you know i i, I hate how masterpiece is overused i i don't want to get off topic but i was i was thinking about that literally the other day is about like a classic or things that are like when we're gonna be fucking 45 or whatever and we're gonna hear a song on the radio and being like oh fuck i remember this but not in a way where you're like uh hey dude this came out when i was young but like in a way where you're like the song just comes on and you don't notice it because like you've heard it all your life but say you had a like a son or a daughter be like fuck is this shit they'd be like oh man you don't like this like you haven't heard it before it's like what do you mean have i heard it before it came out 30 years ago it's like all right dude calm the fuck down i'm sorry you have the internet fuck off yeah but just in general like stuff like that or some stuff in the 80s is so pop culture 
that they'll make jokes in a movie about it that we'll know about, even though we didn't experience it. Yeah. What about stuff like that that's going to happen for us with, where they're going to make jokes about things in a movie that we're like, oh, shit, I get that. And we're going to have a kid being like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, you just had to fucking be there, dude. Shut up. Stop ruining this. I can't wait till we have movies that, that make fun of the idea of a shared universe. Here you do. <laughs> do they make fun of themselves by being bad? Um, yeah. Hey, I mean, we're talking about the Universal Monster movies. This is the king of the fucking shared universe that just did not get off the ground because it sucked. Is yeah. the mummy. Like and King, Dracula Untold, they definitely yeah, they tried twice. Yeah. They tried twice and they both suck. Although I, and we I mean, saw I, the Mummy in theaters and we I'll, both walked we, out saying it was fine. It was fun. It was entertaining. Yeah. And then as the years, as, as the time has passed, you're like, and I hear uh, so many strong opinions on that film. People be like, that was the biggest fucking waste of space. I'm like, man, I don't think bad. it's good, but like, what uh, do they do, man? It's it's a pretty it's 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 a bad movie. But I, would, I, would, I wouldn't say it's like, is, is it the worst movie ever made? No. I've seen way worse. Like, it's, People it's really... use that movie to say how fucking Tom Cruise throws too much weight around, too. Yeah, And I mean, there's a million films that he produces and he's directly involved in, and they don't fucking turn out like that, man. That's kind, of the, that's kind of the amazing thing, because at this point, if he's leading a movie, he's a direct producer of it. So yeah. like, if you look at his filmography, <laughs> all the Mission Impossible movies since... Since American made, he American did made's fantastic. A live, die, repeat, edge of tomorrow. All you need is kill. Whatever the fuck they're calling that movie this week. Yeah. That's an awesome movie. Terrible marketing, but an awesome movie. Like he, like he just put he puts out banger after banger after banger, and then the mummy comes out, and everyone's just like, oh, he's a shitty producer. He just throws his weight around. Like where was that on all the rest of these movies? Like movies like like Fallout that is considered to be one of the greatest action movies ever made. Oh, he's he threw his weight around on that one, and it worked out. Like no, it's just a bad movie that movie was never gonna work pissed me off so much is that there's so many things that are just structurally wrong with the plot and the story of it It was like oh he he fucked it up but he made it an action movie it's like bro hey dude i'll tell you this much there are some scenes that are directly supposed to be horror in this movie and they fucking suck he didn't do that so like if it's gonna be a pure horror movie you would have fucked that up too i don't know what to tell you yeah but also a mismatched piece of shit that's connect it's literally frankenstein together and it doesn't work is my my thing though with that movie is that like they're really like, oh he made it an action movie it's like did you see the previous try dracula untold is a giant action movie what are you talking about what are you talking about you're you are objectively wrong i don't want to has nothing to do with tom cruise i don't want to break anyone's heart but you're never going to get a, a universal monster series that's built around horror again you aren't invisible man most of the movie isn't a horror movie it really is like a suspense thriller. I would say it rides the line in, until, like, especially like the third act when it starts getting actiony. Yeah, a little bit actiony, but I, I think it rides the line earlier on because they are there are a lot of sequences where they are they are trying to scare you with with the other man. But, but I I wouldn't call it a direct horror. I'd I'd say it says a lot more about how movies nowadays tend to change. And they're different. multifaceted. They're 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 more like a, they're more nuanced as far as like, you can't lock yeah. lock them into a certain genre because the, the nice thing about the Invisible Man, which we'll eventually get to, is like it is a horror movie. It is a thriller. It is a psychological drama. It's a lot of things, and they pretty much all work somehow. I mean, that's just a testament to Leigh Whannell. He's just a great director. But 
it all winds up coming down to like people just trying to put things in and put in pigeonhole. You're just like, this is what this is. And the, that's the nice thing I'll say about, about some movies nowadays is that like, they, they really bridge the gap on a lot of genres, including like, I, I like the idea that like, cause they're, this, this invisible man movie is relaunching again, the universal monsters universe. I say universe in quotations because they're not, they have no desire at this moment to, to try to connect these movies. They're just trying to make good movies. And so far, this this attempt is a lot better. But there's still a bunch of movies in development that we haven't seen yet. But they're going after talent. So, I mean, that, that's that's the good thing about, about that. Ryan Gosling is the next Wolfman. It's pretty sick. Yeah. It's pretty sick. I like him a lot. I just... He's an amazing actor. It's hard to be excited, I guess, is one way to put it. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't blame you. It seems like, I mean, it seems like a lot of times we, get, I, I mean, at least for me, I get excited about a movie and then it, just, it cannot meet any expectation yeah. for me. Like, Easily. I mean, we, we just watched Mortal Kombat. I was looking forward to it. You weren't. I was hoping it would be at least entertaining and it's not. Yeah. And so. I'm sitting here and I'm still somehow disappointed at night. <laughs> yeah. But, so no like i i think the cool thing about re-watching older horror films or films that you haven't seen before is it usually is a nice pleasant surprise the problem i have is getting not worked up or wondering about what's going to be coming out and how the quality is going to be it's like i'd rather just not think about it and not get my hopes up because usually i'm just let down by it or sometimes i get pleasantly surprised and that's really cool yeah I can't name the last film I saw in theaters that was a surprise. Invisible I Man? Thought, what'd you say? Invisible Man? Yeah, I didn't expect that to be good. It looked bad. I think Godzilla and Kong was better than I thought it was going to be. There's things in it that there's things in it that I didn't like, but I think it was a fun movie. I was expecting that to be at least entertaining, and that's what I got out of it. I liked Kong Skull Island more than I thought I was going to like that, huh. too. Honestly, Snyder Cut, I wasn't expecting to like that very much. I thought it was going to suck. Yeah, and it's my favorite movie of the year so far. That's not like, it's a low bar. There's not really anything that came out that was, you know, too high profile and great. That at least that I saw. I mean, with this film for The Wolfman, I thought it was enjoyable. I had a good time with it. I won't go back to it anytime soon. I will say I wish that more people would do designs like that, but also have CG thrown into it because it's it's mandatory nowadays. It is mandatory. I'm sorry to break everyone's heart. You can't live like the 80s anymore. I think stuff like that is a necessity, but at the same time, so is great makeup designs, especially for horror films. I wish they do things more like that. I really don't have anything else to say besides I had fun with it. Yeah, I mean, like I, <clears throat> I hadn't seen this movie in almost 10, almost 10 years. And I was expecting to like it. I was not expecting to love it the way that I do. Is it, you know, perfect? No, I have problems with it. Some pretty decently sized ones too. But I can't deny the the just joy I felt watching this movie and how how it just kept me locked to the screen in a way that a lot of these a lot of remakes don't. I mean, this came out at the end of the uh, towards the end of the deluge of of horror remakes. But I think that I could probably call this one of the better ones I've seen. There's a clear reverence of its time period of its time period, especially yeah. this, this, this movie came out the same year that the nightmare on Elm Street remake came out. Yeah. It came out the year after Friday. Yeah. And I would personally call this better than both of those. Yeah. But they're also different kinds of movies. Yeah. hundred so. percent. 
but this one had fucking like eight times the budget as those two movies. I would say probably more than eight times. I'm still, I'm still absolutely floored by how much money they gave to this movie. And it's not even just like that. It's, it's a a remake of the Universal Monster movies, but it's a, it's a hard R-rated movie. So, so like it's, it's gonna lose money that it could have gotten based purely off of the fact that it's, you know, people are getting their heads ripped off. Um, They lose money, they break even for it. Uh, it was a movie that was 150 million dollars for its budget and it made 142.6 which means it did not even break even because because, this is also marketing so marketing theater takes i think i think the general rule of thumb is you have to double your production budget so it had to hit like 300 million so this movie was a, a colossal bomb sadly because I actually really like this. I wish people saw it. But yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm still stunned. I was, when I was sitting there watching, I'm like, man, like they put, like, I was like, they may, they must have put money into this. This has got to be like, what, like a 65, $70 million movie. And for like a horror movie like this, like that's, that's a lot. I was like, I, I looked it up deliberately before we started recording. I'm like, I want to have this at my fingertips. I want to know, I want to know. And I looked it up and said 150 million. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, that's confidence, man. That's give, giving that much money to a movie like this is confidence. And I'm sure. I just look at the fucking salary for some of these actors. Maybe. I mean, I mean, I know Benicio del Toro produced it, so yeah. he probably didn't have to take that much cut. But the like Hopkins and I'm sure Hugo Weaving cost quite a pretty penny. Hugo Weaving, especially. I mean, like, Hopkins yeah. is a very, very like storied actor, but I don't know how much of a how, how much weight he throws around considering all the the schlock he makes. So. Hell, like I, I have to assume he costs a decent amount because even when he's in some shit, though, it's still like expensive shit. Not, I mean, yeah, may, maybe back in this time, but not anymore. He shows up at directing video movies all the time. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah, uh, yes. I think, old man. I think I think they're, they're directed video movies. They look like directed video movies. I should say. I don't know for sure, but you know, Hugo Weaving for sure. I mean, this is this is. I mean, it's. Oh, a decent while after matrix but you know he's he for a long a long time he was riding on the matrix i mean that's not to say like hugo weaving is an incredible actor like just a fantastic actor and clearly joe johnston liked working with him so much on this movie that he cast him as red skull so that's pretty cool yeah i just i don't think i don't know how much of it really is the salary though just thinking about how much visual effects work went into this movie uh, oh no I, I know it's gonna cost a lot for visual effects i just feel like Makeup those, or costumes. Those two that's... salaries must have cost a decent chunk. Yeah. I'm just, not just, most wow. of it or anything, but like. Yeah. I, I They're definitely going to be in the in probably in the millions category, but that's still a lot of money for a movie of the of this kind. Yeah. Of, of this movie's My favorite length. thing is when uh, you think about like all the Avengers films, it's like, oh, it costs $340 million. Like how much of that just goes to those fucking actors though? Like I think Robert Downey Jr. gets a at least 50 million he's like 50 million on his own so yeah right there he's the only he's the only he's the only actor who can ask for shit like that though like i'm just like chris evans i'm sure a lot of them made close to a million dollars oh i'm sure i'm but i just like he's the only one who can ask for that large of a chunk maybe if he didn't ask for that much money and they put more money into their visual effects they wouldn't look like shit just put more money into their movies and have to give a fucking third of the salary into a fucking actor they could actually focus on a film Put that put that money into a fucking third pass at a screen uh, a screenplay. I, I yeah, like I said, I was just looking through that before the show. I was just like, that is insane because that does not happen these days. These days, like the biggest horror movies that we get nowadays, they are micro budget horror movies. Fifty million, if even some of them. I, might- I know, but I'm saying biggest is like fifty million. Yeah, like like we get movies like Halloween, Blum- twenty million. Halloween was less than that. Halloween was like seventeen million. 
I think it was like seven. Same I with know, same uh, with same with Invisible Man. Invisible Man. Like, it was like, was like twenty million, wasn't it? No, it was it was like it, I think it was it was in the teens, if even. Blumhouse is just like the king of just micro budget horror, and their movies. You don't, make... you don't need to spend a shitload. Like, yeah, it's just it's just like you, you don't you think need to about... spend guap to terrify. You think it's you think it's funny. I just think it's funny, especially with something like like Halloween, where like the previous two movies I think were like around twenty five million. It's just it's it's amazing that nowadays like our biggest box office horror films are are micro budget films and it's, it's amazing I, I that like they that. actually spent this much it money it's just amazing to me they spent <clears throat> this much money they built this lavish lovingly made period piece horror film for 150 million dollars in 2010 that's just insane to me it's probably why it doesn't happen anymore yeah but it's just to me that's that's insane that's just insane that's more money than I bet you they spent on 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 Bram Stoker's Dracula. I would assume so, especially because Bram Stoker's Dracula came out in ninety two or ninety three. Yeah, I, I more so mean like adjusted for inflation. And stuff. Yeah, I, I know, but in general, I don't think they would put that much into it. I would like forty million. That's that's kind of saying like Van Helsing from two thousand four was made for hundred and sixty million. What? Yes, I mean look at look at what how the much. fuck? But look, look Why? How, but look there's how a lot much. of VFX. I there's know a lot, there's, there's a lot of VFX. Lot. There's a lot of big set pieces with with complex stunts i'm I'm not stunned i'm not stunned i'm sorry but what a waste of money but i'm more so i'm (laughs) also i'm more so looking at that from the perspective of that movie was made for just 10 million dollars more than this but it was pg-13 yeah so they probably made twice as much i don't know yeah Uh, no it made it made it made uh it made its money back 160 million dollar budget 300.2 million usd so almost i think almost made its money back we made way more came out that was a big deal too i I remember watching that movie i remember watching it as a kid and really enjoying it. I, I don't watch it as a teenager. Yeah, I watched it when I was a child, and I, I remember having a blast with it. I don't remember much about it, and I don't know how I would feel about it now. It's not very good. Holy it's shit! It's two. It was two hours and twenty five minutes long, bruh. Hey, we are are going on. I say final thoughts for the Wolfman. <laughs> yeah, my final thoughts are just I I think that this is a an underlooked movie. I mean, based purely off of its box office it's definitely an underlooked film i think people should give this a try it's it's a movie that has a lot to, to enjoy it's not a movie that's flawless it's got its issues its third act is ridiculous there's some story story issues some things that i probably think that they should have done another pass on the screenplay for overall i love this movie i love the way that it tackles its its themes about repression and trauma and how that's manifested within the monster of the werewolf i think that that's all really brilliant and it's something that's going to keep me coming back to this more and more and who knows maybe i'll like this even more next time i watch it because i Definitely don't remember liking this movie that much when I first saw it. I'm not giving right. it a score. I don't want to give scores. We've been doing it every film. Damn it, that means I have to. Yeah, out of 10. Okay. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. I would say if I was going to recommend it to anybody, definitely lower your expectations for what you think it's going to be. Definitely separate it from the title The Wolfman and judge it based on purely what it's giving you. Based on what it's giving you, you have the right to go on just that and you can come to your own conclusions. Some will love it. Some will hate it. Some will think it's a waste of their time. Some will think they'll want to get their friends invested into it. I can't see myself coming back to it. I can think that it was a good time to see. It's interesting to see how films nowadays for horror have definitely changed. I wish that some took more cues from this film and I wish some would stay away from other cues in this film. 
but I think it's a perfect period of time to show the change in horror for cinema in general. I think that's something that you'll see in this, you'll notice, and you'll kind of enjoy more than anything else. Well, if I had to give it a score, uh, I'd probably give it like a six out of 10. It may sound bad, but I, I just liked it. I, I'm not enthralled. It's, this is kind of crazy because I thought this is the kind of dynamic we were going to have during the Bram Stoker review. I thought that I was like, I was going to enjoy it and you were going to hate it. Well, you don't hate this one, obviously. I'm not trying yeah. to put words in your mouth, but it's like, I, I thought that we were going to have a disparagement gap for that one and we wound up just both hating that movie whereas this one i thought like i told you today at work i was like you're i i thought when when you were gonna sit down and watch this you were gonna either like it or hate it yeah Um, see that was my thing i didn't think you were gonna be like i love this movie i didn't think you were gonna feel the way that i feel about it yeah dude i was just hoping that you were gonna enjoy it it's like fucking i watched this movie man and an angel descended from heaven and fucking slobbed my knob the entire (laughs) time dude i was going wild watching this film but when you asked me at work though because i was even saying like i was just shitting on stuff i was just joking around but it's so easy to pick apart things you don't like in a film i don't hate the film i think some things i genuinely just really don't like but they're so minuscule as far as being an actual film yeah i bring up mortal kombat because there's things in the film just based on mortal kombat i cannot stand but it as a film doesn't function very well yeah and i can judge that without prior knowledge and say is this a good movie no it's not i i don't i don't think i can recommend it and say yeah have fun there's cool scenes but that's it this movie i could say because of all my knowledge with horror whatever it detracts from me because of that but as a film itself i think it's an enjoyable film and if you had no prior knowledge you could have more fun with it but just in general you could just have fun with the film it's just nothing super crazy yeah i generally try to take especially movies that are remakes or reboots or continuations or or whatever um i try my best to just take it as it is and not not try to compare it to your to to previous versions just because i feel like that winds up being unfair especially with this movie in the pantheon of of universal horror i find it tough to compare because they're just completely different filmmaking styles and and completely different eras of filmmaking so i i like to look at movies like this in a vacuum as much as i can although you have to acknowledge similarities between them and, and 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 things that they very clearly are homaging from from previous versions of the movie you have to acknowledge the things that they're trying to get you to acknowledge yeah so it's like i i can i can Bonnie acknowledge it sucks yeah like, <laughs> I, I can acknowledge that some of the things that they're like look at this remember this we saw the movie we saw that we saw the 40s movie man you, sh- you should check this out those like I, I can point to those but as a movie on its own as its own version of a werewolf film i think this movie is awesome for the most part until the end because just as a movie not taking it as a as a as a wolfman film just as a film that third act is so incompatible with the rest of this movie that it's just like you can't not talk about that you can't not point that out like i I can't ignore that it's just ridiculous but i can also say as much as it is a completely different movie i had fun watching that other movie for that last 10 minutes of the movie but you know i i i i see where you're coming from and I, I don't blame you for feeling the way that you do. That's that's the fun thing about movies is that they, they're going to strike everybody differently. So you bring your own experiences and, and perspective to things and you get something different out of it. That's the fun part. Yeah. 
hopefully I get more of an experience with the next film we watch. That's my biggest downside. I feel like I want to have more enthrallment with films. I'd almost rather hate something than just not be over the moon about it. Because like if you got like a fucking heavy feeling on a film, you feel like at least you sunk your teeth into something, even if that the thing you sunk your teeth into shit. <laughs> at least you're fucking directly in there man but yeah that's, it's it's kind of that's kind of how we felt about uh about mummy yeah i just feel like a lot of the films i've watched lately have just been kind of like whatever and it's kind of like annoying so I'm, I'm just waiting for the next film that i see to kind of just fucking shoot me with some adrenaline because like i really need it right now <laughs> well do you, do you want to reveal what the next movie is going to be or are you gonna hold that hold that close to the vest until this movie has made me kind of change what I wanted to do next. Because, <laughs> like, there was two films we we're going to consider. One of them's, like, a real favorite of mine. But I, it's not, like, it's not a new experience. So, like, I don't really care about watching that because it's a different type of adrenaline. It's an adrenaline where it's like the, yeah, man, like, if I watch Back to the Future, I'm going to be happy. Yeah. But I know I'm going to be happy. I want to watch something that's, like, I want to be happy, but I want to be surprised. I want to be yeah. like, I've never seen this before. This is a new feeling. I yeah. want a new euphoria. So I got, I kind of got a little restructuring going on, going along right now in my head. I don't yeah. know what the fuck I want to do now. It's just like I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at, it, I'm just thinking to myself, what options are there? I don't know. Uh, we could always just take a break from the whole monsters thing and get back to it. But I tell you right now, if the next film we watch is Invisible Man. I'm going to look way worse on it right now if, if we watch it some other time. Yeah. If we watch Creature, I'm just going to see her being like, I don't know, man, I fucking love that asshole. Like, <laughs> going to be like, he looks cool, whatever. Oh, I need I something that's going to be like a fucking kick to the ass. We can figure it out. It'll be a surprise. Yeah. think on that note, we're going to call it a day. I hope you take this with a grain of salt when it comes to my bitchy attitude when it came to the film. I don't hate it. I'm just so mentally strained. <laughs> I have fun with it. Mike had a great time with it. I think the coolest thing about going through these films is that we are jumping from different decades, and that's the coolest thing about it. If we did just do all the 30s and 40s, I would just sit here with my fucking dick in my hand being like, oh, yeah, dude, marathon. But yeah. with going through these different periods, it really does feel like you're seeing what brings different directors into this genre and what makes them fall in love with it. And give their own taste to it and that's awesome it's fun seeing how completely different the filmmaking styles are yeah between all these like the way the way that it's just structured the way that it's shot the way that the movies are produced themselves is just it's crazy seeing how things have changed so thank you so much for joining us for jumping on in with us now jump on in next time and we'll see what we sink our teeth into there we're gonna call it a day love you all have a nice day